Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Brendan Escott, Cam Moon with you today on the show. We will uh, we'll punt NHL today into the final half hour of the show, just waiting to see if any of these arbitration rulings come in uh, a little bit later on. So we'll wait on that. And while we do, we will welcome aboard our headliner today, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We tried to wrangle them earlier this week, but this story is certainly worth waiting for. We're pleased to welcome to Oilers now NHL referee, longtime referee, Dan O'Rourke. Dan, you're on with Brendan and Cam. How's it going today? Hey, hey guys. Great. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Uh, yeah, like you mentioned, it's been kind of a, a roller coaster getting to this point. Uh, we are actually in a rest stop right now in, on the side of the road in Oklahoma. So figured I'd stop and, and be able to keep the signal hopefully and and not drop so again thanks for having me guys no appreciate it very much and and so the context of this for those who haven't read the article in the athletic dan uh, you are riding a bicycle from california to chicago in support of the national federation of the blind which for you is is something very close to your heart and from your own words i'd like you to pick up from there yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, my dad uh, and actually my grandfather uh, both suffered from RP, which is uh, retinitis pigmentosis. And um, oh, hold on, where they um, they lose their peripheral vision as they age, and it's it's a fairly young person's disease in the fact that um, they will quite often be legally blind in their early twenties. Um, so like, to so give a little bit of perspective, if you took a piece of paper and put two pinholes in it and held it up to your eyes, that's, that's my dad's field of vision. And how I ended up with the, sort of the National Federation of the Blind as my sort of uh, partner in this is that my dad never once, for me and my brother as we were growing up, never once said no, you know, about, hey, you know, dad, I need you to help me with, you know, pitching or, you know, you know, we track meet or whatever. Hey, let's go do the long jump. And, you know, he coached us in hockey and things like that. So the National Federation of Blind believes the same thing. We all want a cure for, for blindness. That's, that's uh, you know, kind of goes without, without question. But until that point, you know, blindness is not what holds you back. You know, live the life you want. It's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little harder than a sighted person, but you can do it. And having those two messages match so much is, is why I, I, at, I got with the NFB, you know, and then this ride was inspired and, uh, by my dad, you know, and, and to sort of just kind of honor how, how he was and how he dealt with, with me as a kid. Now, Dan, why Santa Monica to Chicago? That's that's uh, a that's a significant bike ride. What uh, what was the the deciding factor of making that the destination? Um, just you know, being being Route sixty six, you know, is is. Now that sounds like an RV. Aiden, maybe we'll put him on pause and just try and reconnect with him. 
Do I have them up? I do. There we go. All right. We'll get a reconnection. We'll give it a second. I guess the service isn't that good there. But yeah, I'm just, uh, I, I'm going to ask him about this momentarily when we get Dan back. But the, the it's a 42-day bike ride over 2,700 miles along Route 66. But think about that. He's going through the summertime, Cam, and he's going through some incredibly oh. adverse conditions up through the mountains in Arizona, the heat that he's going to be dealing oh. with. And he'll tell you, I'm sure, about the provisions and that sort of thing that are, are going to be uh, there to help him. Um, and I, I always kind of have the the, the visual in, of the marathon of hope, you know, yes. in the van that, that was with Terry Fox through that whole journey. I know Dan's got an RV, and and uh, I guess yeah, we got Dan, we got Dan back here. It sounds like yeah, we do. Sorry, sorry guys, I I walked too close to the RV and it got on the Bluetooth, so. I, I, oh. away. So, I knew know. we could hear the. Well, I was just gassing up your RV. Actually, it's it's yeah. funny enough. So so, uh, but so, explain. So you're, you're on Route old, 66. That's the genesis yeah. of this. Yes, absolutely. You know, and uh, you know, just just being iconic, and and people know about it, and you know, uh, like I, I've said it to a few people. You know, I came up with the crazy idea to do this, and you know, and then it was a matter of that seemed like the easiest part you know, trying to get all the logistics and, you know, trying to set up, you know, some sponsorships and to help us along the way and, you know, get the uniform, you know, the, the cycling jerseys done and, and logoed and, and that kind of stuff has been, been the uh, thing that's a little bit outside my comfort zone. But, you know, that, that's kind of why we picked six, Route 66 is just, you know, is, is it's, it's well known. And is going to drag you through some pretty tough uh, conditions. I'm just looking at the Mojave Desert, and like you're going through, you're going through some stuff on your on your way, Dan. And I know that you've never shied away from adversity before, and certainly this is going to be a, a tremendous feather in your cap. I wonder if if that's uh, you know intimidating you at all, thinking about some of those conditions, uh, particularly as I look at the the western side of things, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, I'm actually trying to. I'm trying to forget it, but uh, thanks, thanks, thanks for reminding me. You know, but it's just it's one of those things that it, with you know with my job and that this is the time I can do it. And you know, uh, as as we all say that we live out on the east coast and we've got the humid humid heat. You know, uh, it's going to be a dry heat. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. I don't. You know, it, it doesn't. It's, it's going to be tough, but there's going to be real early morning. So, you know, if it's, if it's, if the sun's coming up by 4:30, you know, 5 AM, that's when I'll be on the road, you know, and, and try to try to get as much of the ride in, you know, on that day or those days, you know, before the real heat of the day kicks in. Yeah. That'll be a key. Uh, as a guy that is, Officiated over 1,300 games in the regular season, 187 in the playoffs. You've done six Stanley Cups. I'm I'm guessing biking is a part of of your your training. This isn't something that you're just jumping into, is it? No, um, you know, as as you know, hockey players and us as officials, and and we spend a lot of time on on bikes, whether it be stationary bikes or or road bikes or mountain bikes, and. Um, you know, we get tested every year at training camp and, and it is on a bike. So, you know, it's, it's just been kind of a part of my life, you know, since I was probably training wise, since I was probably 16. So, you know, um, it, it definitely hasn't been 
to this magnitude. But, um, you know, I, I just figure, you know, as long as you keep moving, you know, it's not a race, you know. So, um, you know, some of those hard days, you know, I'll get through them. And, and uh, you know, and hopefully, you know, once we get sort of past, past uh, uh, Flagstaff and that, it'll kind of smooth out and, you know, going through the mountain, sort of climbing out of, out of Santa Monica up into into the mountains there is early on in the ride too. So a person technically or <laughs> in theory should be fresher and, and be able to handle that a little bit better, hopefully. It's not going to be the casual ride down the country roads in the Atlanta suburbs, Dan. I'm warning you now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be, you know, what? Hey, nobody accused accused officials of being, you know, real deep thinkers. You know, we, <laughs> we, we, you know, we go into this job, and and everybody asks you, like, what were you thinking, picking that? And uh, you know, it just takes a it it takes a special, um, you know, thought process and and mindset for for the job. And you know, this this ride is just going to take a, a, a you know a mindset that you just have to keep moving and and. Um, you know, I was at the uh, National Federation of the Blinds convention uh, earlier this month, and you know, to be at that and and was absolutely one of the most humbling experiences I've had. And on days that I don't want to get on my bike or or I want to get off, and and it's hard, you know, those are those are some of the memories and some of the things that I'm going to use to inspire me to to keep going. Chatting with longtime NHL referee Dan O'Rourke, who's set to embark on a uh, well a cross country bike tour, just about across the country. He's going from Santa Monica to uh, Chicago, twenty six hundred miles there, it's, or twenty seven. Pardon me, I don't want to shortchange you at all here, Dan, on that. Uh, but uh, no, no more miles than we've seen you uh, on the ice for at all. I, I, I'm going to ask the question this way because I think there's um, there's some poetry in this, certainly in being an NHL ref. And, and doing what you're doing for the National Federation of the Blind. I wonder if, if it's um, you know something that you take on as being a bit of a champion of this as an NHL referee who would take a lot of flack for you know that kind of thing. Yeah, the the, the irony is not lost on me. I, I'll put it that way. Um, you know, uh, I I think I kind of mentioned it in the Athletic, I believe. You know, as a as a son of a, a blind person and as an official, and you know, you get that Halloween costume every year of the of the blind referee. You know, it has a, a, a very different uh, significance to me, and also to the blind community as as a whole. You know, um, you know, a lot of people find it, you know, oh, that's funny, you know, but for them, it's a, you know, it's a derogatory thing. And you know, when I can bring awareness, and you know. We're, we're trying to raise money for on this ride and, and that, but really, truly, it's, it's also getting that message out of, of you know, live the life you, can, you want and, and don't let blindness hold you back. And, you know, but like, like I said, the irony's not lost on me. And so far, you know, everything has been very positive in the feedback and even the story with um, on the athletic, the, the comment section, you know, uh, Mike, Michael gave me a heads up that, Hey, there might be some negative stuff. You know, it always happens. And, you know, so far, so far what I've seen and what people have told me is it's been very, very positive. And, and that's, 
you know, that's part of why I'm doing this is, is to sort of change that, that, uh, that thought process. You must have uh, a team of people assisting you with this. This, this isn't something you can do by yourself. Uh, how did you put together everybody to help out? Well, uh, my uh the my kind of crew person is uh is my wife so i sucked her in about 30 years ago and she's at this point is plot committed so she's uh driving <laughs> driving the rv and and her companion with her is our uh is our, our yellow lab bailey and and that's about it you know and then uh along the route and and that you know we're gonna have some uh meet and greet type parties with um, some of the charter uh, areas that NFB has in different states. Um, the NFB has been very helpful in trying to get all the logistics and, and setting up the, uh, the start and finish parties and, you know, some parties along the, along the route. So that's the group that's, that's helped me out. The, uh, our association, the uh, uh, NHLOA, you know, they're, you know, have donated to help me you know, with the gas and, and things like that. So, you know, that there's, there's a lot of people that, you know, spinning, spinning, uh, the wheel behind the, the scenes, but right up front, it's just, uh, my wife and the dog and myself. And, you know, we'll, we'll figure out anything we need to figure out along the way. And, you know, my son, you know, he had mentioned to a friend of his, he's like, I got no worries about my dad finishing this because he's either going to die on the bike or he's going to finish. So that's just my my mentality. I'm a, a very addictive personality, and and I'm I'm an all in person. So um, I, I definitely pushed all in on this one. Chatting with NHL referee Dan O'Rourke about his uh, bike ride from California to Chicago. I'm glad you brought Austin up. He played as a Lloyd Minster Bobcat the year they hosted the uh, the RBC Cup, as it was then known, the Junior A Championship in uh, Lloyd Minster, and is now forging out a, a an officiating career of his own. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, yeah, I was actually at the final of the RBC. I got lucky there. Uh, to, to be able to get there and, and watch that. But now that he is, uh, he graduated from UMass Lowell and played hockey there and uh, decided that, you know, dad's job didn't look too, too bad. So um, he jumped in and, and he has last year worked uh, the majority of his hockey games in the uh, ECHL and uh, probably worked about 90 total hockey games last season and, and went well. Um, you were definitely hoping that we could possibly be the first father son to work a game together. You know, I, I know we've had some families, brothers and, and some, uh, father sons, but never, never at the same time. Dan, you had a, a good career in the WHL and Tri-Cities in Moose Jaw. You went on and played minor pro, put up some significant PIMS, I might add. <laughs> what, what, what was the, the... I, the genesis of becoming uh, first a linesman, then a referee. What got you into that? Um, so originally, I started officiating in uh, Summerland, British Columbia, as a, as a young kid, probably around that twelve years old age. Um, really, kind of just to make extra money on the weekends, and it sort of beat kind of uh, a lot of the jobs as a as a kid or or trying to you know, do a paper route or cut grass or whatever, that was more enjoyable to me. I was able to get out on the ice and keep skating. 
I enjoyed that. And, you know, I told my dad when I was probably 13 years old that when I played as much hockey as I could, that I was going to go into officiating because you and I both know it, uh, the goal as a Canadian kid isn't to officiate in the NHL, it's to play in the NHL, you know, and I came a little short. You know, I uh, actually participated in the early 90s at that Oilers training camp. So, you know, there there was that, you know, that you were holding on to. But then when, you know, you kind of start to see the, the writing on the wall that, you know, you're going to have to maybe make a decision, you know, because the hockey thing isn't going as well as, as you'd like. And um, it was actually uh, – the summer my son was born was the summer that I decided, you know what, I'm not going to drag the family around and, and try to play longer and, and pick up and move. And going back into officiating, I knew that if I could make it, my wife and my kids would be able to stay put in, in one house and one city and one school. So um, that's kind of how I ended up back into the officiating side. And, you know, my, my timing as a player was not very good uh, in respect to injuries and things like that when I was younger. And But my timing as an official, I've been so fortunate to, to come along and at the different stages where we've been changing the game from, you know, a three-man crew to a four-man crew and, you know, that type of thing. And, and where the age of the staff was and stuff like that, I just, my timing as an official has been really good. So I've just been very fortunate. Yeah, well, not often we get to talk to an NHL official. I wonder what life is is like for one. I've, I've been trying to piece together the travel schedule and, and what that might entail, and you know how often you would be home or around the family. Obviously, it's a good work life balance they've got worked out for you. Yeah, things things have been good. Um, you know, for me, uh, when people ask me this kind of question, I, I sort of say that my my job part of it is I stand in line for a living. So every time I'm I'm going somewhere, I'm standing in line to check in at the airlines. I'm standing yeah. in line, you know, to check in at the hotel. I'm always I'm looking at the back of people's heads a lot. <laughs> you know, you're standing in line for a cab. You're you know, but once I get there to the rink, that's when the the joy of it just that's the fun of my job, you know. And but the travel is is sort of the the job part. And you know, we may be gone you know, up to 10 days, but we'll also be, be home for, you know, four or five days, you know, and it bounces back and forth. You may, may not have a long trip. You may go out for two, three days and be back for two days. But when I'm home, I don't have an office I have to go to. So when the kids were young, if I'm not at work, I can put them on the bus or I can drive them to school. I can run around, do whatever we're going to do. And then we get the summers off. And over the years, uh, We've, we've spent so much time as a family doing, doing adventures, sort of. You know, like we've driven across this country, I don't know, five or six different times and, you know, theme trips for roller coasters or water parks and, you know, and reconnect with the family. So with that travel, you know, having that summer off has made such a huge difference with, you know, the connection I have with, with my kids and, and my wife. One more question for you, Dan, and uh, and that is this: is I'm sure it's a burning question on the mind of a lot of fans watching Connor McDavid play today. And that is, as as the game evolves speed wise, how are officials continuing to evolve to keep up? 
Well, um, I don't know that any of us can keep up to, to Connor, you know. Um, maybe somewhere down the road somebody will, but um, it, it really comes down to uh, learning that you have to, you have to train year-round and you have to show up at the start of the season ready to go with, you know, any uh, possible injuries or things that you've, you've dealt with last year are, are ready to go. But it's also, I think, is, is learning that, sort of translating that hockey IQ into officiating IQ and reading the play and having an idea where that puck is probably going to go and anticipating because, you know, I, I, I said it to somebody the other day, the league stays the same age and I get a year older every year. <laughs> so, you know, as we get older, we're, it, there's you, you can't fight time, right? You're going to slow down. So that's when you know, that, that six inches between your ears becomes so valuable. And, you know, that to me is, is where the game is, the game has gotten so fast and so exciting, you know, but it, it does definitely limit how long I can hang around, you know, but a, a big part of it is, is that anticipation and, and just seeing more and more plays so that that experience becomes second nature. Dan, if people want to uh, follow your journey or, or donate, uh, where should they go? Uh, the best way, place to go right now is the nfb.org slash Route 66. Um, then you'll be able to get there for donations. We've, uh, I believe we've added maybe today or if not today, uh, tomorrow, um, a Facebook page, a Instagram page and a Twitter page that we'll be posting uh, as often as we can. We'll be doing some live streaming from from the bike, uh, and those are all things that you can find at that nfb.org/route66. I've got it called up right here, Dan. Thank you so much for the time today, and I can't wish you enough luck on this journey. I, I, I look forward to seeing you complete it, and then back on the ice next year. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate your time and you guys getting this story out and and the support. So, uh, again, thank you very much, and uh, we'll we'll get her rolling here, and and we'll see see where it takes us. <laughs> All right, outstanding, Dan. great, good luck. Thanks, guys. All right, Dan O'Rourke, NHL referee, cyclist extraordinaire, Tour de France next, maybe. What a great story, maybe. Great story. <laughs> That's excellent. That was so cool to hear from him on that front, on the front of uh, obviously what it is like to try and officiate yeah. in oh. the modern NHL. Excellent insight there. We'll quickly get to a break here. Aiden, sound good? We'll come back with maybe a text or two here on Oilers Now. Big thanks to Dan O'Rourke for lending us some time there to tell you about his uh, his bike ride and let us in a little bit on the life of an NHL referee. Remind you, some guests of Oilers now receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. It is the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Chris and Chef Altoff that Oilers now sent you. And during the season, the Oilers now injury report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown in Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Coming up to the top of the hour here on the other side, another great storyteller, Colin Fraser, multiple-time Stanley Cup winner, third-round draft pick, and arguably the greatest draft in NHL history, and somebody who is going to be plenty 
pretty busy over the next few years as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks amateur scouting department. We'll tell you all about that when Colin Fraser joins us after a global news weather traffic update with Evan Cook.